0: All right, KISS Army, welcome to the KISS FAQ Podcast. Thank you for giving us your time today and letting us into your head. I hope we don't do any damage. This is a KISS-related podcast by the board for the board. We hope that you enjoy. Welcome to episode 416 of the KISS FAQ Podcast. I'm your host, Julian Gill. Today, it's Daniel. Hi, Daniel. Hi, there. Hi and Ken, 69th Blizzard. Hi Ken. How's everyone Hello. doing?
1: Doing good.
0: Good. So hey. let's let's jump straight <laughs> into this because there's a hot topic on the board that's generating heat, and it's one of those unfortunate things where I hope Doc is just flapping his gums, and you know responding mm-hmm. to an answer on vinyl writer music. He did an interview with Andrew Daly, and and the quote is this. McGee stated, Honestly, I don't know whether any former members of the band are going to join KISS, that is, for the, uh, the final, final show. And he continues, You can invite them, but they may not come. They may come, they may not come, and we might not invite them. What the fuck? Talk about Going around in a logical circle straight to get with, I mean, um, that's like a politician answer that says everything and nothing while insulting your audience. Um, He continues, we've talked to them and we've talked about it. Well, we don't talk to Peter, but we do talk to Ace. We haven't talked to Peter in a long time. So you haven't talked to them. You haven't offered them, in other words. And this is where I start getting triggered. But you know something? They were a part of it. They aided, aided, original founding members aided um, in the starting of this band and they should be a part of the end of this. They started this so in some ways they should be able to share that spotlight on the way out. Now regardless of it, if it happens or not, you're not going to get six guys up there and make up. That's not going to happen. So this has set off the usual sort of shitstorm. I mean we've been hearing for three years that they invited former members to join them on stage. So now that turns out not to be the case, right doc? So everything that you've said before is bullshit that they've been invited. Um, and we're now into 2022 where we're past what should have been the final show for the band. And you've not sent out invitations to the former members and you have no fucking clue how you're ending this thing. I mean, tell me if I'm wrong, doc. What the fuck? What the actual fuck? How do you actually send out an invite for a party and not send an invite and maybe you're not going to send an invite? Do you actually <laughs> expect anyone to believe that drivel? Um Ken, what's your take on this before I go completely red-faced and pass out? And You're, you're muted. muted, Ken. So you're going to have to
2: the start most that common again. Line oh my god. This FAQ podcast.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a confusing statement. Um, it kind of goes around about to tell us nothing, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, he says some may be invited, so, so, well, maybe they did invite some, but then there's some, they didn't, but who, maybe does that mean they didn't invite all of them or just some of them? Uh, maybe, I'm guessing what they says is not, probably not Vinny. Um. I, I, or in I don't know about Peter Chris either. So I, I, you know, I don't understand. They advertised the end of the road tour as they're going to bring out uh, people. I mean, that was you know two years ago now. So why, why the heck uh, are they even talking about it now? It's either you invited them or you didn't invite them or just just tell us the what's going on. Um, you know, and I, as, as I was thinking more, and I think I wrote. Uh, on that thread that you know it's probably the only way now is they're they're never going to get all of them on stage obviously Uh, I don't think you know unless there's some miracle but have them all uh, perform or as part of a show Um, I think the only thing that is possible which is probably also not possible (laughs) if I'm saying possible not possible is is after it's the end of the road is done, they do like three other shows, but with just the originals and try to make money. Otherwise, there's not going to be uh, one last huge show. It, it makes no sense if you're going to have nobody there, you know, at the party, I guess. Um, it's either you, you have them and you can do it. If you don't, if you're not going to do it, then. The only other way to have a big blowout is, is the original guys for one to three shows in either the same location or different locations, something like that. Otherwise, uh, it doesn't look good. It just it may, just the whole thing may just fizzle out.
0: Yeah, you know what? Um, I'm going to get triggered again in between going to Daniel, and I'm just going to say this. The original lineup played its farewell On October the 7th, 2000. Ace and Peter, for that five-year contract that they signed with Gene and Paul, gave them 23 additional fucking years of cash. And I'm good with that. The Farewell Tour is good enough for me because this is a very odd way of conducting negotiations if they're (laughs) trying to even do anything. And to me... That sort of statement is that they're not trying to do a single thing other than string the fans along for as long as possible and to milk the tour as long as possible. And there's nothing wrong with that. I've gone to plenty of legs of the tour myself and have enjoyed the living shit out of it. Dan, your take on what Doc had to say or not say?
2: Well, personally, I I don't see it happening. I don't see any former members going up on stage without makeup and there's just no way they can compete with the current lineup. I mean it's such a well old machine at this point of time. Uh, the tour is making a lot of money, at least here in Scandinavia they, they are selling out right and left. People are going nuts. I was at a show this weekend and uh, uh, there, there are everything from ten year old kids to you know people our age, uh, and uh, uh, I don't know because Paul and Jean are at this point of time. I think the money is the important thing for them. They they want to get a a solid amount of money to go into you know uh, retirement and uh, uh, it would just look weird having people without makeup on stage. So, so I'd like them to continue as they do, and then after the tour ends, they could do a show or they can do a concert where where people would pay homage homage to 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 Kiss. You know, you would have Stone Temple Pilots, I don't know, Megadeth, Metallica bands like that playing Kiss songs, and then they would put Peter, Ace, Paul and Gene in the audience. Much like they did on that show on MTV called Icons, I think. Um, I just watched that Metallica documentary once again and they were honored by MTV and, and they did the Icons thing. I think that was a a great show where where, where they were just sitting and the young band or not so young band, bands at this point in time but but other bands were paying homage to to uh, the big boys so that's what i would like to see just see seeing them sitting next to each other having a laugh uh enjoying the music and having other bands paying homage to them there's just no reason for Ace really to mess up cold gin on stage without makeup next to Tomathea. I, I think it would be <laughs> it wouldn't be a high point. It would be like a low point. It, it, it wouldn't be a, a great way of ending things.
0: Yeah, come on. Ace has thrown himself on his knees. And participated in vaults willingly, gone on the cruise, basically said that he's ready anytime, anywhere. He's taken on Gene's solo band as his backing band. How many times has he shared the stage with them on the farewell tour to date what about bruce how many times has he shared the stage with them zero it's bullshit all of it's bullshit mm-hmm. it's stringing them along. it's absolutely stringing everyone along at this point point. and you know what you raise a really good point they're doing fine without them you know we had the rock and roll hall of fame with the four original members not in makeup because they couldn't get shit together for that either and you know what that was also fine the four originals getting inducted into the rock and roll hall of fame for what that's worth they were there they were all there they were together on stage they gave their speeches they acknowledged and honored one another and being part of something you know but for doc to say you know to intimate (laughs) that it didn't take the four to create the magic Uh, mm -hmm. sorry if i triggered anyone saying that word um you know that is the original's lineup without the originals there is no me becoming a kiss fan there is no today there is nothing that core canon of the catalog is all down to those four and even though you might say well he didn't do this or he did, they were equal partners in that so you know they've just done you know south america 27000 in santiago chile over 2 days 17,000 in uh, Porto Alegre, Brazil, uh, 18,000 in, uh, how the fuck do you say it, (laughs) or whatever, Um, Brazil, Sao Paulo, 45,000. You know, that's That's impressive, and I'm happy. To have seen those audiences, to see those box scores, and for Daniel to say 30,000 at Telly 2 in Stockholm recently, uh, where where's this other Brazil date, 21,000, Lima, 13,000. You know, these are all way more than any attendance has been in the United States for quite a while. You know, it, it's yeah. definitely on the, on the B market, C market mm-hmm. side of things now. Daniel, you are going to say something.
2: Um, you just mentioned magic. Um, if you haven't got a good kiss book lately, you should get this one. Oh, by the way, it's in Swedish, uh, so you need to learn Swedish first. <laughs> <laughs> the third one, the trilogy. <clears throat> I'm hoping for a, how do you say it in English? Tetralogy, <laughs> four-piece uh, thing, tetralogy. I think something like that. But this is the third piece from Carl and Alex. A real great book that I I read uh, just before I went to Stockholm and and saw the band. So this is a great piece of material. So you need to go and get that.
0: Yeah. So let me ask you for those of us who don't speak Swedish. Yeah. Are are we missing anything?
2: Yeah. I think you are. I think you are. If you flicker through this book, you you you'll find some new information. Uh, There's a lot of chapters and a lot of new interviews. Looks like this. And you're like the third um uh, the third uh, chapter is called Disco Inferno, and there's an like extensive interview with Vinnie Poncia with some new information that you guys don't know about. And um they go deep into some of the making of this. Is actually focusing on Dynasty and Unmasked. So uh-oh. they're going Julian deep into, <laughs> yeah, deep into those two albums, and um they have a lot of interviews with you know um what are they called sound technicians and uh, uh, producers and uh, all kinds of guys. And for well, example. Run, run,
0: run through some of the names of who's in there. Jay Messina. Uh,
2: I'm so bad with these names. But um, G- Gerhard McMahon. Or something like uh, that. Yeah, so
0: uh, the co-writer he, he was of the, the guy, that you.
2: Yeah, yeah exactly. Mm-hmm. Pepe Castro.
0: yeah, Pippi Co-writer Castro, of yeah, uh, what Naked City.
2: Yeah so so a lot of those guys. Crazy Joe Renda.
0: Yeah who Ace worked in, with in 1980. <laughs> John Ray, exactly. was his bass player. Very good Julian you know you know your kiss and I'm winning the quiz. Go,
2: yeah, you're
0: winning the yeah.
2: quiz. For what for it's once. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it's just a all round great book and a lot of work and love went into this project and I'm convinced that they will do a fourth book just in order to let us fans get four posters. But, well include, the fir- the first
0: could, the first book was yeah. Tell us about the other two books. Where, where oh. do they fit in in terms of the chronology? So that one covers creatures' era, correct? Uh,
2: no, this is more like a, a personal book. Their own. Um, this is actually the first one, who is like a chrono- chronological book uh, covering uh, an era. These are more uh, personal. They're personal stories, uh, mm. but this one is very interesting as well certainly for 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 a Swedish kiss fan because it could be my story as well it's it follows the same pattern They're about my age, and we became fans because of the thing, same things and uh, we watched the same thing so it's a real cool book. This one is more of the same but a bit weaker than the first one. actually, I would say the third one is the best one, yeah, so they've topped themselves. And, and getting Vinnie, getting getting Vinnie Poncia
0: is a massive. That, I, oh I mean, yeah. I, I cannot stress how big a deal that is. That is absolutely massive.
2: Hmm. Yeah, you know they gained respect from the band as well. Uh, Gene always asks them for the for the books. Now in Gothenburg they they played actually last night for a sold out crowd there, and Gene was uh, uh, very happy to get the third book was looking forward to it and i don't know it's on the kiss faq the the other guy who who wrote these books alex he got to ask the first question at the sound check and may and then they played let me know because he wanted that so they're certainly aware of these books and but they haven't stopped them as they have done with some some other projects yep so um uh, and, of course, the elephant in the room, why aren't they releasing these in English? Why aren't they? Well, the only reason I've, I've seen, I, I thought, I think it was Carl that said it, it, it's just not, they don't make any money. I don't know how, but uh, they make money when they re- write these in Swedish, but the English versions don't do g- g- well enough, so that's why. That's the only – he said that in, in an interview that I read. So I don't know. But uh, they're fascinating books, real well written. He's a good author, this Carl Linnaeus. Yeah, Carl, uh, Carl, think,
0: Carl has a great writing style. There, there's no there's oh, yeah. no doubt about it. And as an interviewer, he knows the questions to ask oh, yeah. um, for the ones that I've for translated sure. for my own reading edification. So mm. th- these guys aren't schmucks they know nope. exactly what they're doing and while I'm not particularly interested in their personal stories in the other two because my context is completely different than that of a Scandinavian kiss fan that one yep. and also this the, one the, the first book that Carl did um, I, I can't remember the name of the, the title of it the um, but I, think yeah, it I know Lou, which one you mean. Lou Lynette in it as well um, you, you know th- those would add to the canon of mm. kiss research in terms of talking to the people who've been involved in this story. So I understand doing it for your own market. Uh, Again, another book has just come out for Kiss in Argentina. That's in Spanish. Now those people who can read Spanish, well, sure you can get a copy. A lot of people can.
2: But this is so well written and and you have interviews with um, main guys. So this would be something that people around the world would like to read, I think.
0: Right, and but think of all the books that are written in English that Swedish fans who don't speak English haven't been able to read, or German fans, or Japanese fans. You know, so it doesn't yeah. always have to be in English.
2: No, no, that that's true. That's true. But but I just want to to give them a shout out. Great book once again, and I'm looking forward to the next book.
0: Yeah, I'd love to know what they're going to do for the next one. I mean, I'm interested mm-hmm. as kind of an owl watching, even though I can't read and, um, you know, Swedish.
2: Speaking about books, we need to know the latest on your book, Julian, as well. Which one? Which one? I'm thinking about that 1980 yes. book. Hysteria? Yeah. Oh,
0: yeah, who knows? I'm working on Who knows? On it. Who knows? I'm working on I'm, <laughs> well, again, you know. Yeah, what, what I'm working on is the demo. Uh, right now and what have I, I've been working on well I've just got like I think I mentioned in one of the episodes the 80 contract still working my way through that and where it fits into the story um, still working on February 1980 and what was I working on today the Dyna show so showing the Billy Crystal interview with them from uh, where was it It was somewhere in California I can't remember off the top of my head um, that part it It was aired, I think, uh, February the 12th or 13th, depending on your market. So just got a copy of the TV guide with the listing in it. Yeah, So that's where I am. Again, where I see it at when I'm done putting it together, um, I just gave up with InDesign again. I can't fucking deal with that goddamn program. Um, I will definitely need a, a pro designer to transform it into something. Um, I watched a four-hour tutorial on InDesign, and it still didn't make it any easier. Um,
1: <laughs> that's that's bad.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I'm I'm too old for that shit. I need someone who can, uh, if it if it even gets to that stage, can hit the ground running, fishing for a few interviews. So again. Uh, It's always a work in progress until it becomes a reality, and if it becomes a reality, it does. If not, it's just a nice little project to keep me busy, you know, give me a break from Aerosmith. Nice poster.
2: Yeah, that's the one that's included in
0: this one. All right, enough about books. Um, You went
2: to a KISS show. Oh, yeah. I went to a Teletu Arena in Stockholm, 30,000 capacity. Just about sold out. I looked around. There weren't many seats uh, that were available. So they played for almost thirty. It's an indoor arena. I think it's the first time I've seen KISS indoors. Oh, really? And my gosh, do the effects come into play. I mean... I'm, I knew I was going to have a good time, but I didn't know I was going to have this good of a time. I mean, it was perfectly awesome. Um, uh, and when, the band when, when was were, the last time that you saw them, by the way? Uh, I think I, I, I saw them in Norway. What is it now? 2019? Uh, but this was way better that was an outdoor show and you know right now today is midsummer so you know it's there's no darkness mm-hmm. there's light all around there it never gets dark so that's the problem with shows in the summer in scandinavia outdoors you know you you hear a bang but you don't see the effect mm-hmm. but uh, this new arena in stockholm it was a great arena and uh, uh i was just blown away i think it was one of my top experiences ever with kiss uh, i didn't expect that i didn't expect it I, th- I i thought they were kind of you know slow and and uh, robotic when i saw them in trondheim in norway a few years ago but this was a way better show and they were um, in good spirits joking around um playing off each other gene making jokes to paul and you know paul doing his stuff with gene and even eric doing some stuff during beth that was kind of funny and the audience was an awesome an awesome audience um they were really into to the show and i i almost felt bad for the 10 year olds that were there there were quite a few kids there you know seeing this such an impressive show sort of sort of, such a great concert and then never been be able to see it again never being able to buy a new record never be able to you know looking forward to something maybe they should t- take a piece out of the book of Ab- abba you know they, they 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 have been touring with holograms we'll see what happens happens in the future but uh and the set list you know same old, same old, but that was actually what I wanted to hear. I wanted to hear Cold Gene, I wanted to hear Tears of Fallen, Heavens on Fire, Lick It Up, God of Thunder, God of Thunder was a real good one, War Machine as well. Uh, so, uh, Psycho Circus and uh, that song from Sonic Boom, yeah, 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 what's it called? Say, yeah. yeah, 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 I could do without those two but the rest was like 10 out of 10 stars and uh i was actually the person who, who i was there was with she, she said uh, paul stanley is 70 are you sure is that his stunt double over there that's doing the jumps and the, you know so and, and and then of course i was looking for for the um you know paul stanley doing the. Uh, The playback singing, so to speak. Hmm. I couldn't spot him once missing (laughs) the the playback. I mean, once upon a time, he was one of the best singers. Now he's one of the best, I don't know what you call it, but mimics. (laughs) Entertainers. (laughs) Entertainers. He's one of the best entertainers. He didn't miss a cue. Uh, It wasn't obvious at all. I didn't even see once he missed, you know moving his mouth the correct way so you couldn't know if you, if you're not a hard, die hard like us you would never know he was having some help so all in all it's an awesome concert great crowd big crowd as well i mean almost 30,000 people um and i will also have to give um uh, props to to the um, opening act I was I, I was lucky once again because a few episodes back we talked about uh, I guess it was in in the beginning of the year we talked about what was hap- what bands we liked from 2021 and I mentioned one band called Nestor and they were the opening act so I I, I was very lucky there so and they got the crowd going as well so uh, the cr- it was a great crowd a really good crowd. That was. I almost felt like I was in South America, you know. So I I I'll give it you know ten out of ten. Uh, I was totally blown away, and I didn't feel any sadness. It was more like um, the way to end it, and uh, I didn't miss Bruce or Ace coming in and doing something without makeup. I felt it was. perfect ending for me it was almost on the day 25 years since i saw the band for the first time so uh it's been been some been a couple of years so uh if you have the chance go and watch them i mean you you won't regret it
0: yeah so you've got a couple pieces of video to share with us today why don't you tell us about the first clip
2: i don't know which the first clip is but, but
0: But pick, uh, pick one, and I'll make it the first clip.
2: Okay, the first clip. <laughs> yeah, One of my favorite songs of all time is probably God of Thunder. And I like it live as well. It's one of the heavier songs. So I thought I have to film at least the beginning of God of Thunder. I'm not one of the guys who, who stands with the camera all the time. I want to enjoy the show, but but I need to uh you know preserve this for uh for, for for my later years i can go back and watch this so um that's one of the clips
0: oh
2: yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah! yeah <laughs>
1: oh, yeah.
2: oh,
1: yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. What
2: Then of course, Rock and Roll Night, you have to film that. I don't know what they were thinking. I, I thought Lana was going to be on this show, but I, I guess it had to work. Well, I don't know what we were talking about. Yeah, we were talking about uh, what I filmed. I film a bit of Rock and Roll Night, of course. But, and I don't know what they were thinking when they were playing Rock and Roll Night in the middle of the set during the revenge tour. It's the perfect way to end a concert. And it was just insane. You know, with all I looked up and saw where where is everything coming from? So I looked up and I saw some guys that had some like stairs uh, this way instead of that way, and people you know crawling around and and moving balloons out to the sides and, and and the confetti everywhere, and it was just insane uh it was awesome and then i filmed a little bit I, I made sure i was standing next to where paul was coming out you know during love gun uh, i feel the sound is always good out there you know you're kind of in the middle of, of the floor and uh you get to see paul up close uh so i film a bit of love gun as well and a bit of heavens on fire because that's the song that started it all for me so I, I got a, a, a nice collection of songs that I can go back and watch. I still go back and watch like when I uh, saw the Gene Simmons uh, show. I, I think it's a great way of preserving the memories. Uh, uh, I feel video is so much stronger than photos i mean you get the feel you hear the sounds and everything so i try to make it yeah and and you're back
0: in the perspective that you were standing for the concert so that picture is exactly where you were i just don't i don't film much now you know as ken and i enjoyed that that front row experience and uh wherever it was um where was it (laughs) that was oakland yeah. Right? Yeah. So, yeah. Open. yeah 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 okay. yeah yeah and then of course rocking all, all night is just an awesome op- uh, ender and i'm so glad i got oh, to yeah. experience that from backstage or side backstage uh in sacramento in 2019 mm. because being back there and see looking out at the audience
1: yeah,
0: from from the side and having all the shit going off right above our heads, completely different perspective. And there are the cherry pickers that they were doing at the time. Watching Tommy, oh, yeah. um, yeah. you know Tommy and Jean and Paul. Oh, there's Paul. Oh yeah. What, oh, completely, you know, really, really cool.
2: That. And so. they added a few. They they added a few props for for the show. You know, you have seen those statues that they have yeah. on stage. Statues, they, yeah. they look. Pretty cool. <laughs> a bit, you know, <laughs> bigger than they are in actual life, but it doesn't really matter. Uh, they did that back in 96, uh, if you remember the ones, mm-hmm. they, yeah. the inflatable ones yeah. that were. This ones look thing. better. These one looks yeah. way better, and I like the way they didn't have any, you know, they had like white eyes, look kind of mean, and uh, I think it looked cool. And the cats that they had on stage were. Uh, pretty cool as well so i think the stage looked really cool and they had big big on the sides they had big um kiss my army i don't know posters or, or oh the, yeah. sides.
0: Army. The, the huge banners
2: banners, banners. Every yeah, banners. banners. Yeah. yeah exactly looked really cool
0: no so, it, it, awesome. it's, it's cool and you know they're going to be on tour for the next month in europe you know, the, a couple of dates in Germany coming up. So if, if you're on the fence, get off the fence because it is still a good oh, show, yeah. you know, wherever oh, you yeah. are in your personal history. Uh, hopefully I remember to edit out some of that political shit because uh, otherwise we'll have <laughs> lots of comments this episode. Why don't we move into what what is, I guess, kind of our, our main topic this week? Uh, it'll give Ken a chance to chime in. Sorry, Ken. That's
1: um, all
0: right. I'm still and, listening. Great. Uh, who was it? Greg Prado Recently, yeah. Did, yeah. did a, did Take a it piece. Off. Did a piece for all um, allmusic.com mm-hmm. talking about the five most overlooked Kiss album tracks. Now, of course, with any of these kinds of things, it always comes from a personal experience. So we figured it'd be a good opportunity to discuss what are the five most overlooked Kiss album
2: tracks oh, in your our opinion, Ken.
1: Hmm. yes do
2: we well do do we do one at a time or how do you do it yeah let's just
0: go around yeah. uh, and uh whoever's got Lonnie's list open uh can, can chime in with that
1: or did Lonnie actually send his list I,
0: okay that'll be me then uh wait no okay. no ken you read Lonnie's list how about that because i talk too much anyway
1: okay where is it deep you put on facebook facebook okay Okay, Ken. Ken. Uh, we'll, we'll wait for Ken to
0: get ready here.
1: Uh, um, I'm at it. But in the meantime, do you want to uh, tell them what Greg Prado chose as his...
0: Yeah, do that. Did, did you, uh, well, I didn't read his article. I only took his topic.
2: Oh, my <laughs> God. <laughs> I think he had magic touch.
0: Oh, all right. No, I I have to disable my ad blocker. I got. <laughs> All right, Greg, let's give all music some, uh, some. All right. So he picked actually, we shouldn't tell anyone because they should go to allmusic.com and read the damn thing. All right. Uh, strange ways. I think that's a good pick. Um, mm-hmm. Mr. Speed. That's just way too predictable in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, larger than life. Something mm-hmm. off alive too. Mm-hmm there we go wait what do you say about Peter Chris? okay uh, just checking Magic Touch, <laughs> of touch. Dynasty uh-huh. and not for the innocent I'll look it up I'm sure Ken will approve of that so good picks we Greg
1: um,
0: yes Ken okay. why don't you get us started with one of Lonnie's and then one of yours
1: okay uh, I'll pick the first one on Lonnie's list um, he picked um, I guess like like Mr. Prado. Read your um, body? Read my body? Is that what he nope. went with? Mr. Speed. He went with Mr. Speed hmm. as his yeah. first pick. Which, you know, it's pretty obvious. It's kind of that hidden gem on uh, Rock and Roll Over. Um, so, I understand it. I almost even picked it myself, but I did not. So, should I go with my list now? My first pick? Why didn't you? Because, kind of like what you said, is it's, it's kind of an odd... Uh, in a way, an obvious one, and maybe uh, I played it too many times. <laughs> that's very possible. I mean, that's probably the reason. Um, so that's the reason I didn't really
0: pick yeah, I think, it. Yeah, I think on the board there was kind of a general consensus that consensus of of the songs that haven't regularly been performed from rock and roll over, it's kind of the only one that would be worthy of being performed. And then when everyone begged for it it was underwhelming when it was performed.
1: Yeah, I kind of remember that. That's true. That's true. It, it maybe didn't work as well live as, uh, you know, we, we'd expect it to.
0: You, know, you spend years and years and years begging for them to do the song, voting for it, you know, just like All American Man was uh, voted on to be performed. Oh, they yeah. And actually do it, and you're like, meh. Oh. <laughs> so that's... Yeah. That's really nice. Yeah. Now play Love God. All right, can hear
1: pick. All right. So my pick. Uh, no, no particular order. Uh, uh, my first pick is uh, Anything for My Baby. Hmm? From, Why? Uh, Just to kill. I, I like it. I like it. I think it's. I think it's great. I. I, I would love to hear that live. I think it would be great live. Uh, I think it's a really great song, to tell you the truth. Um, so. There, there you have it I mean it's I think it would translate good live like, it, like a lot of the early songs do um, and it's a, you know it's a catchy song nice song and it's I think it needs some love
0: <laughs> Okay, I'm going to go next simply because that's a segue into my first pick Oh, okay. um, which was Love Her All I Can, which I don't think has gotten enough love in latter years. It was performed in the 70s, and has occasionally popped up, but I think, right in, in line with yours, there's that trio of Paul's poppy perfection on yeah. Dressed to Kill, Come on and Love Me, Love Her All I Can, and Anything the for My Baby, are just yeah. total pop, um, kind of radio-friendly unit shifters.
2: Or attempted unit shifters, as the case may be, Daniel. That's that's a perfect segue into my pick as well, <laughs> because you forgot one song when you talked about uh, Paul Stanley's perfect, you know, songs from Dress to Kill. My first pick was actually Room Service, because mm. I think that's one of Paul's best, you know, fun songs from Dress to Kill. The problem with Dress to Kill is that many of these songs are so similar, uh, I mean, mm-hmm. at times it's almost hard to tell them apart, so um, he had more songs, you know, like Smoke w- would be a great addition as well on Dress to Kill, but uh, you can't have too many, uh, so so I picked Room Service because I think that's a, you know, I love Dress to Kill, uh, especially the Paul songs, I think... He, he made some real great tunes on that uh, album. Uh, but I actually picked Room Service, but I agree everything for my baby. And uh, what did you say, Julian?
0: Love Her All I Can, which
1: Lonnie also does, has his number
2: two pick. Yeah. Right. Mean, love, love Her All I yeah. Can is more known that Room Service is like, you know, people don't know about that song, but I think it's a great tune. It's kind of a fun lyric as well and uh, you know when you play to, to people they seem to enjoy it so room service. so we have three three picked picks from best to kill to start things off right. yeah and
0: i and i think you're both of you are more valid in terms of overlooked because lover all i can i think would be less overlooked than anything from yeah, my baby so. or, or room service the room service is also performed regularly in 75 so you know that's some good that's some good picks all right ken let's go back to you for your next one
1: okay um my my second pick uh is let me know <laughs> um from the first album and uh it was funny as i picked that yesterday i didn't pick it today but and then i saw that video of them doing the sound check uh and doing you know part of let me know i thought man that's just some good live i mean it'd be great if they could do it again i know they did it back in the uh the cruise uh, three or whatever and and stuff and and it really works it's really really a great song that they should have probably kept in their set list um throughout the years and, and you know or brought it back more often um instead of just totally overlooking it since like 1975 or whatever it was um and they just kind of quit on it but i think it's great
2: and you know the history behind the song is important as well as it was you know like the fetus of the first song that paul presented paul played for gene,
1: gene. right correct sunday driver. sunday driver
2: right there you
0: go Wait, hey, there's
1: an exactly. echo in here <laughs> We'll
0: have, to, we'll have to split those points on the, the great KISS FAQ quiz. All right. So Lon, Lonnie also had that one, which is another good pick. Uh, Daniel, yeah. how about okay. you?
2: Well, uh, first things first. You know, it was such a hard time picking only five songs. You know, there are so many hidden gems in the KISS ca- uh, catalog. So I started from, you know, um, Monster, and then I worked my way down. Mm. So all for the love of rock and roll. I think is a great song that has been overlooked. Take a look in the mirror. Killer, going blind. A million to one. Exciter fits like a glove. The oath. Charisma. Maybe you could say is a an odd pick that hasn't been played. But none of them made my list. So I actually have to say pick uh, a, a song from. Asylum, which is an album that I truly enjoy, and this song I think it was played maybe once or twice, maybe, uh, but it didn't stay in the set in the set list. Um, but it's one of my, I guess, all time favorite songs, and it's King of the Mountain. Uh, Eric Carr is truly represented on this song. You know the the great drum intro. Uh, Paul is. At the top of his game, making some great vocals on this song, and the theme of the song is so kissish. Uh, you know, try, try to, try to hit the top of the mountain, try to, you know, uh, believe in yourself and all that kind of stuff, and uh, also a great solo from Bruce. So. Um, Asylum as an album is so often overlooked, even though it has uh, gained some, some, uh, how do you say, it? some, some uh...
0: credibility.
2: Yeah, exactly, some credibility lately. In 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 the later, maybe five or ten years, um, I actually looked at some some polls from Firehouse Magazine. Way back and Asylum didn't get many points. I think it had something has happened uh, during later years, and uh, it gets some um, some love from from the fans. So King of the Mountain it is. Yeah, I think it's a lack
0: of Kiss releases of studio albums that has benefited some of the catalog that Kiss fans are so desperate for. They've gone back and revisited some of the stuff that they may be rejected previously. Um, I also have a pick from Asylum, so. Mine is not King of the Mountain, it's Loves a Deadly Weapon, which is, oh, a, no. is a really kind of easy way for me to marry some of the elder, because that's where I was born, pre elder, with Asylum. Um, and it's so damn catchy. Again, it's a kind of a poppy song, it's got a swing to it, and I think it would have been really good live. And it has nothing to do with the double Virgo cover of it. Um, oh no, that was secretly cool. So mm-hmm. <laughs> it does have nothing to do with that cover. Yeah, Excellent. That's true. Uh, <laughs> there, there we go. So a couple of picks off Asylum. Good one. I'll uh, good. I'll read Lonnie's next pick and then back to Ken. So Lonnie had take me which got, oh. a bit of love, it got a bit yeah. of love in 77 and then was quickly forgotten and then ruined on You Wanted the Best. Ken.
1: <laughs> We're done here. Um you. Yeah, uh, well, the Take Me One, I, I almost actually, that crossed my mind, uh, too, from my list, but I didn't pick it. Um, so my next pick is, uh, like the article out there, it's Larger Than Life. Um, mm-hmm i just think that song is so great <laughs> so bombastic um that it would be it would have been just great for them to play that live it would have been awesome in concert um with the soloing going on in it and of course you know it was on the record it was bob kulik but um yeah i just think larger than life would be an awesome live song that they should have you know, pulled out and put into their set list at one point, but you know they didn't do it. I think it again, it's another underrated type song that we forget about from from side two of or side four of a live two. So, love that song. I think it's a good one.
0: yeah, nice to get some uh some love for that one, even if it's not one of my picks, Daniel.
2: I have to second Lonnie because I pick take me as well. Okay. uh I think it's one of the better songs off of Rock and Roll Over. Uh, I especially like, you know, the riff. <imitating singing> mm. um, and they haven't played it a lot live. I remember when the Revenge Era uh, lineup played it. Uh, they played it once, I think, uh, if you if you're not counting the the convention tour. Uh, they played it in ninety three at that odd uh, show called the foundations forum in ninety three uh, they played take take me and I thought man I, this is one hell of a tune and uh, I, I think the uh, the lyrics are kind of funny fun as well you know put your hand in my pocket to grab onto my rocket and all that so it's uh, you know, early KISS, you know, they were, Ace was drunk and the rest were full of spunk. You know, the, it was it was fun times for them. And um, I think Take Me is a great representation of the band in the early days. And uh, it's just a kick-ass song. And it works live as well.
0: Can't argue any of that. Can't.
1: That's a good pick. Yeah, um,
0: why don't you leave do a zoom with Lonnie's last one as well?
1: Lonnie's, Lonnie's okay. I, I, I'm i surprised he didn't do five from this album. <laughs> um, Excuse me. But <laughs> he he did. I'm uh, surprised, really surprised. But I'm even more surprised Part of Crow, at the song he chose uh, from the album. So he chose Every Time I Look at You. No. Uh, That's a big surprise. Which is surprising as a uh especially if you're thinking about translating live but if, if it's on live and plugged yeah yeah i think that works really well that way uh for sure um but yeah i i didn't see that one coming. i thought it was gonna be something something else from that album so so that's lonnie's pick every time i look at you um and <laughs> uh so my next my next is um you're almost gonna say it's obvious maybe but uh it's from the elder music from the Elder, and it's uh their their anthem from from the Elder. i i chose i uh i just think that is an under you know appreciated anthem one of their many anthems um i just think it would be great live i'd love to hear it live uh, I think they did play it uh, that one, um, you know, cruise um, where they were doing elder stuff, I think. Um, so, but I, I think it's, it's a great song. Uh, and it, of course, they did it on like Fridays, you know, the old Fridays video uh, you saw back in 81 or 82, whatever it was. Um, and it really, it really did well. So uh, it's just, you know, needed a solo it needed a solo but i think they could have added a solo live and just you know do it so it's you know again i think it's, it still stands for me as a as a great anthem one of the great anthems that they've written yeah i
0: think i i think i've Missed out on a few picks and like <laughs> listing some of mine. am sorry, just got a text that my boss had quit. Uh, so, okay, <laughs> is that a good thing or a bad thing? <laughs> I think he saw my reaction. So, uh, yeah, um, I, I'm, I'm gonna throw in a couple of, of quick picks to get caught up. Um, not for the innocent, mm-hmm. Gene. Mean Gene. I think it it should be thrown into the set more often to bring in a bit of that menace and darkness, uh, just to give God of Thunder a bit of a break. I I think it's overlooked. It had a lot of good, you know, legs in the, you know, 83, I think 84, maybe even up to uh, the Hot in the Shade tour. But since then, it would have been one of those good unmasked songs to add into the set because I think it's hard to not do it justice. Um, and another quick pick to get caught up as well is Off Alive too. It's the one song that I really have always felt should have been. Now, disconnect from what I say that Ace has kept it alive in his solo set. Mm. Rocket Ride, in yeah. relation to Kiss has been poorly received and sadly overlooked. It was the one single from that album. It should have been in the set at the time, more so in my opinion than larger than life, though both of them equally would have been well performed live by the originals in seventy seven, seventy eight, instead of making that set list what it was and what we're gonna see on Des Moines, um, when that off the soundboard. But Rocket Ride was it's just shameful that it was never performed by the original four.
1: Did you say that Larger Than Life was in the set list? Should have been or
0: could have been. Oh, okay. okay both okay. of those songs could well have been performed live in 77, 78. Either of them.
1: In yeah, both. So is it, in it, both.
2: Is it confirmed that the Moines is from 77? Oh, yeah, it's from 77. Yeah. Okay. 77.
0: And it's from November. Yeah,
2: the next Oh, perfect.
0: So it's an, it's, uh, a, it's an Alive 2, so it doesn't have Take Me, which uh, the January show would have, being Rock and Roll over. Uh, uh, too so bad. it's got Let Me Go Rock and Roll. I, I don't remember the full set, but it's been out for years as an audience recording It's garbage, basically. So it would be really nice if it is, you know, high quality. Mm-hmm.
2: Awesome. Daniel? Um, well, um. if you remember Kiss Killers from eighty. Uh, um it's
0: his 40th anniversary on Saturday.
2: Yeah, I think it's a great compilation. Um, one of the first cassettes I got, I think it was called Gold Gin, Cold Gin on that the, the version I had, and I didn't know much English, but I know I knew what gold was, so I, so I thought yeah. that was a cool song. Uh, but but they've been playing Cold Gin. I like that one, you know first time i heard it but another song another another song I, I really enjoyed was one of the songs on the album i thought paul sang it so well and it was such a um, um the verses and the choruses it was such, such a what's it called contrast between the verses and, uh, and 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 the the choruses and paul sang it real really really well and it was a song called nowhere to run uh, which they i don't think they have ever performed it outside of the cruise and maybe the convention tour in 95 and it's an overlooked gem and i think it's a, a song that people that's not into kiss could enjoy because it's well written uh, well performed and it's just a 10 out of 10 for me it's a powerhouse
1: Okay my last song is uh, Matches Um Not for the Innocent mm-hmm. Yeah I, I Totally agree with that song I think it'd be Just uh, a very Like you said menacing type Gene song in the set list um, It's it's that perfect Kind of you know not you know, Fast or anything and not t- Totally slow plotting but it's, it's, it's a slower Heavier riffing And and great you know vocal you know nasty kind of vocal and lyrics uh and it's just uh i don't know what the, how to say it but it's always been one of my favorite songs uh, off of that album and i thought man that should have been that should have been played live you know uh, in concert it might have been played once i think at the beginning of the tour i'm not sure but i thought i read that somewhere um uh, but yeah, not for the innocent is one that is kind of uh, you know a hit, I, I don't know if it's so much a hidden gem. I mean, I think a lot of people who have heard look it up. They know that's one of the better songs on the album. But it, it, it still it needs needs to play uh, needs to be played live.
2: And I think it needs to be played live by a Gene in makeup. It, it feels mm-hmm. like a makeup song, you know, yes. a demon song. True, yeah. It's a makeup Because it was recycled <laughs> from uh, the tail end of the
0: creature session. So, uh-huh. you know, rather than him doing Christine 16, which is just creepy nowadays, <laughs> it, it allows him to be that kind of menacing, uh, but also yeah. have some of that, um, you know, masculine posturing, you know, lock up your daughters, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. You know, so you get to do a little bit of that uh, braggadocious part without being. You know, mm-hmm. when I started yeah. coming out of school you know, that day, which just doesn't work. But, but you
2: know, at, at at this point of time, even Christy 60 is kind of, you know, oh, 60. too young. <laughs> yeah. Yes. 50,
0: 60. yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a little bit squeaky.
2: All right. Yeah, so. I think I have one pick left. I think I have one pick left. Yeah, uh, you do. Uh, so I, do I. Yeah. But why don't you go okay. first then? Yeah, I can go first. Um, you know, I work my way from the newest album. I didn't even get to Harder Than Hell because by then I had too many songs, so. Uh, but uh, uh, when I went through Animal Eyes, that's a one song that I've always loved. Uh, they did play it a few times, I think in, in the UK, but it was dropped quite, uh, you know, they didn't play it a lot. Uh, and it's I've Had Enough, Into the Fire. Uh, I love um, the way Mark St. John played the intro, you know, with a fast uh, B, whatever it is, Gene call it, uh, an angry B sound. Um, and of course, Paul Stanley vocals in the mid 80s are great. And it's a, an up song. A great. I like the solo. And. Um, Eric Carr is going wild on this one, and on the remasters, you actually hear him. I think the original version I heard, uh, the original tape I had, it was quite hard to hear, hear the drums. I think that was a great improvement when they released those uh, remasters in 97. So if you haven't heard I've had enough Intro the Fire from 84, you should go and listen to it right now.
0: Yes, as Yoda would say. Well, actually, Yoda wouldn't say anything. Um, so Angry Bees, that didn't, that didn't quite work. That's the beer. All right, so my last pick is Ace Goes Pop, Save Your Love.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, that's, yes. That's something good off
0: one. Dynasty. I, you know, when I looked at some of the albums earlier, it's like, what's obscure? What hasn't been done live? And so much of Unmask, where he was kind of, you know, carrying more weight than normal, has been performed live. But a lot of his stuff on Dynasty, you know, 2000 Men got done instead, you know, and that just strikes me that Savior Love is a really good kind of tempo song coming from Ace that almost would have been better to keep the Stones cover out as good as it is. And don't get me wrong, I absolutely love, um, you know, what Ace did with that song. And this is a guy who's listened to Satanic Majesties, I think, five times this week. And I like Ace's version way better than the original. Um, But Savior Love is just one of those, it's straightforward, it's simple. There's nothing Mm -hmm. complex about it. I can play it. That's probably why I like it. I tend to like songs that I can hop on the guitar and jam along with, at least until it comes to a lead part, which I can't really do. Um, (laughs) So I, I like that, and it's probably the
2: most pop
0: of his Kiss songs.
2: Have you guess. seen the the, yeah. the, release, the the new release of that tribute album to Ace Frehley? You know they released it on vinyl. Oh Space uh, Space Save Your Love. Yeah, exactly. That, Save yeah, Your Love not on is there. on there. I think it's on there. It
0: no, it's a bonus track on the Japanese edition. It is not on Aha, the vinyl. Ah,
2: because Sebastian oh, Mark bummer. I think was on the original a, CD. He,
0: he did a really good job on it too. Yeah. Oh,
2: okay. That's too bad. Yeah. To yeah,
0: so if you're buying the vinyl, Sebastian will not be on Save Your Love on it.
2: At least I don't think. Um, but I think he did rock bottom, uh, so you get you get a bit of Sebastian. As well. Right oh, there. <laughs> well, there we
0: go. That's our our picks of what we think are some of the obscure songs. Daniel's been to a concert this week, Lucky Daniel. Uh, A lot of people were in Gothenburg last night. That looked absolutely packed out like a madhouse as well. So I think uh, it's now down to the Germans to give uh, South America a run for Crazy Mm -hmm. Kiss audiences because the Swedes, the Scandinavians, uh, because there are a lot of people from Norway and Denmark there as well, really gave it a a good accounting of themselves on this run so if you're going to go see Kiss, you got to show Kiss that you appreciate them, you got to show the South Americans that it's not only South America that goes crazy for these concerts you make the party people and Kiss will provide the soundtrack you give them energy, they'll give that energy back to you with uh, you know lots of energy, you know those never show up on the show I know they just distract the living shit out of me, Ken. Thanks a lot.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so there we are. You know, what are some of your picks? What What are some of the songs that you think are the most obscure um, Kiss songs that have been overlooked for one reason or another during the band's life? And uh, please let me remember to edit out that part of the show. All right. So that's it for now from uh, Daniel, Ken and myself and uh, you know Lonnie, who couldn't be with us. But thanks for your picks, Lonnie.